Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness uh, with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you so much for taking the time to stop by and listen to this podcast episode. Today, I am delighted to be joined with Joined with? Joined by? Joined, <laughs> joined with? I have with me um, Eileen Jones. Now, I'm going to hand over to Eileen. As regular listeners will know, I always like my guests to introduce themselves because they do it far better than myself. So, over to you, Eileen. Please do take centre stage and introduce your fabulous self to my Thank listeners. you very much, Sarah, and thank you for inviting me. Um, I'm a journalist uh, with my own public relations business in the Lake District. Um, and I'm the author of How Park Run Changed Our Lives, um, which came out last year. And I am an obsessive park runner and park run tourist. And that's really how we met only a few few short weeks ago, really. It was um, power of social media and uh, one person making one comment and introducing me to Eileen via social media because I equally have um, a fabulous passion <laughs> for for Park Run. And we have also have a, another passion now as well, don't we, Eileen, which is uh, Wordle. So <laughs> I think if we start with all the Park Run stuff, because I mean, I've literally almost finished reading your book, but I had to pass it over to a friend of mine because I know he... He would be really keen. And I know he's read it already. He's read it far quicker than I've read it. Um, but yes, I mean, what happened? How did you get really sort of so involved well, as you I, did? I've been a runner since done. my early 30s. And I used to run on the fells in the Lake District and in West Yorkshire where I used to live. And I did really serious stuff. I've done fell races all over the lakes. I've run up and down Ben Nevis. I've done the Bens of Jura fell race and the Island of Jura. Wow. Um but as the years went by and I became slower and slower, um, fell races weren't so much fun anymore because I was the one at the back, not really competing against anybody anymore and feeling embarrassed that the marshals were standing around on the summit checkpoints waiting for me or maybe one or two others to come through. And then on the longer events, when I got to the finish, you know, everybody had mm-hmm. gone home, had their tea and there was one man sitting in a deck chair with a stopwatch kind of thing. I'd done a few trail races in the lakes, which were were Mm -hmm. good. And then my sister, who um, came to running much later in life, but lives in Manchester near one of the big park runs at Heaton Park, she started going along to theirs. And when I was at her house one weekend, she took me along. And it was just a revelation that here was something that was, okay, it was free, which was great. It was regular. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a manageable distance, even if you were tired, hungover, (laughs) semi-injured. But I was part of something again. I was actually in amongst people. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not a race, but there's always somebody you can try and catch or or try and get in front of. Mm -hmm. So I loved it. And I did um, Heaton whenever I was over at her house. Meanwhile, my sons were both in London at the time. And so when I went to stay with them, I'd find London park runs to do. Um, Firstly, at Gunnersbury in West London and then Mm -hmm. at Tooting Common, where I happened upon um, a woman called Louise Ayling, who was doing her 250th that day. And she was wearing this yellow and black buff around her neck. And I said, oh, what club is that? And she Mm -hmm. said, no, it's not. A running club. It's the ca- it's the cowl 
the Cow Cow, We Are Park Run Tourists, and I'd never heard of this. So I trotted up and realised yeah. I'd done 13 different ones and thought, oh, if I get to 20. <laughs> so I carried on doing different parklands. But in the meantime, up in the Lake District, I got together with some other people and we set up one at Fellfoot at the bottom of Windermere. It's a National Trust Park. That Beautiful. sounds wonderful. It's a lovely, lovely place. We set that up mm-hmm. in 2014. Mm-hmm. And I also helped set up a local one to, to where I live in Ambleside in just... It started actually just before um, the pandemic lockdown. Its its first one was in January 2020. And I helped get a team together to run that. So I've got some experience of being involved on the organising side. And also um, I've travelled around the country and a little bit further. You know, I've been to Italy to do a part run. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, wow. And, and I Yay! went to Jersey to get my J, and I went to Guernsey to get my G, and so. So have you got your BGs then? <laughs> I've got the staying alive challenge. Yeah, Guernsey was, was the yes, last I needed for the staying alive challenge. Yeah. That's something I guess we ought to sort of discuss. Cause, I mean, that 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 is, I think, uh, something. Well, you <laughs> yeah. introduced me to because obviously we'd met via social media, and yeah. then um, you told me you were at the running show, and so I came along with my partner, and we came to your stand, and we were chatting, and you introduced me to the five um, k yes, app, yeah. isn't it? That's what it's called. Yes, the five k app, which I've downloaded, and it's fascinating because you know, even hearing how your journey has been with sort of the part run and you've obviously been involved in it for a lot longer than I have I mean I only how was it three three years I don't know we've lost a year with with (laughs) with lockdown it kind of just like what happened because I was on my I did my 49th the week before we went into lockdown so I had to wait 18 months it was or something like that wasn't it to get my 50th and I've now done 70 part runs so I'm sort of quite a newbie yeah. in many respects even though there's people starting yeah. it all the time but but I didn't know about partner tourism till only recently I didn't know so all the things that you <laughs> yeah. didn't know about but you've yeah. known about <laughs> I'm yeah. on that journey yeah. of discovery but there are all these things on that app that you can actually do so like you were alluding to before the park run itself you can use it as a race can't you you yeah. can use it as to to challenge yourself and you know but I'm I'm probably one of those people at the back Eileen that's yeah. the, I'm usually fitting that's, finishing that, in the bottom fine. quarter that, that's why the, the park run challenges like doing different tourist ones I've now done 117 different ones um doing your milestones I'm up to 286 park runs I think but also the daft ones like the BG Staying Alive Challenge, three Bs and three Gs. The Pirates Challenge, seven seasons. One. I like that. <laughs> it's seven seasons. I went to do my, I'd got, I know, I'd done Richmond. And when I was doing my seventh C, which was at Conway, a friend sent me a text message mm-hmm. saying, D-F-Y-E, don't forget your eye patch. And, and you know, <laughs> those sorts of things just are so worthwhile. When you know you're not going to run any faster and you know that you're not going to get a personal yes. best, those little things are just wonderful. And the one that I'm most proud of, um, the name challenge, was actually my invention. Because as well as the, oh, as well as the right. 5K app on the phone, there is um, a running challenges uh, Chrome extension that you can use on, on desktops, which has got a lot more yeah. detail. And the people who run that, are just, they're just doing it for the fun of it. It's all you know, using 
parkrun stats, but it's separate from... Oh, because when I've been reading your book, I, I, I saw that and I wasn't sure. I got a little bit confused as to whether that was to do with the, the 5K. or So it's separate, is it? They're separate. They came first. And um, I've been following on Twitter a travel writer called Lottie, who, when she was bored mm-hmm. one day, was going through the letters in her name and seeing if they were the initials of cities that she'd visited. So, you know, Lisbon, Oslo and so on. Mm-hmm. So I just jokingly tweeted back and I was using the Felfoot partner on Twitter account at the time and said, hey, uh, running mm-hmm. challenges, wouldn't this be fun for, for parkrun? And within, and within minutes, uh-huh. it was up there. You know, they'd take me on board and it became an official challenge. The problem is I've got too many wow. E's in my name. Yeah. <laughs> I've probably done your name all the way through, but I'm still looking for two more E's. Oh, there. are you? Oh, so right. I've done so Edmonton, is... Inverness, Lytham, Edinburgh, but then we've got another E missing, and then Northampton, Jersey, Osterley, Nobles, another E missing, Suabit, and so on. Oh, of course. Well, I've got three A's oh, in I've mine. Done, so... I've done Abingdon, mm. Alexand- Ali Pali, and Alexandra Park, so I've just. <laughs> Oh, what, what's, what begins with are there any that begin with Y York oh of course I think maybe Yeovil but I don't know but ah. it, York at the moment it was yesterday there were swans swimming on the race course so oh really oh gosh weekend. we're thinking about doing Beaver um, again oh, nice. tomorrow yeah. And for anybody that's actually listening, um, Beaver is um, spelt B-E-L-V-O-I-R. So Belvoir. And it's it's stunning. It's such a, it's a, looks, I always like it when I'm driving up to it because it's high on the hill and you're going across all this flat land. And it actually looks like the Disney castle yeah, yeah. as you're driving <laughs> to it. it. It's amazing. Yeah. And I did the inaugural um, Beaver Park Run because it's only about sort of half an hour, 35 minutes from where I live. And it was a beautiful, it was minus two. So it was really cold. It was really crispy. It was really icy. It, and the, the sun was coming up. It was burning through the sky. And it was just stunning. And you run down for a mile. <laughs> and that's fine. And then you're running up for half a mile. Yeah. Down, back, do a hairpin. Back down for half a mile. And then you're doing a mile up on the way back. And it was like, oh, my gosh. I really wanted to take photographs. But actually, if I'd have stopped, I wouldn't have been get going again. Yeah. But that's the beauty, yeah, isn't absolutely. it, of being a tourist? Yeah. You go to all these amazing places yeah. and uh, yeah. see different locations. And, and also meet, the beauty. meet different people because you know, the people are the, are the things that make Park Run what it is. You know, there's, I was just listening again last night to... Um, the lecture that Paul Sinton Hewitt gave when he was awarded the medal by the Royal Society of Arts. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was all about, you know, he started something, but it's the people who carried it on that make it what it is. And he says, um, at the heart of it, he firmly believes that people are good. And to go out Mm -hmm. and just find all these wonderful people doing wonderful things, especially when the world's in such a mess and it's such a miserable place. Exactly, and you shut off from all of that and concentrate on what you can do within your own environment, your mm-hmm. own life, to make the place, the world, a little bit happier. Your own world, a little bit happier. When um, we were launching the book last year, I think this was the a, a fantastic example of people coming together. We couldn't launch the book in a bookshop because we were in the middle of lockdown. All the bookshops were closed. The book came out at the beginning of March. 
So um, I'd originally hoped that we would launch it at Bushy, where everything started. Mm-hmm. So I still thought, well, let's try and get the book to Bushy Park. And how do we get there? Well, we're runners. We'll run there. And somehow mm-hmm. I managed to organize during lockdown a relay that took seven days over 330 miles wow. from Fellfoot at Windermere to Bushy Park. And I recruited 105 people, most of whom I had never met. Some of them I still haven't met. And somehow or other, they all came on board because they wanted to be part of something bigger than themselves. Mm. And just organizing it was, was utter joy because people wanted to be part of it. We had to be very careful. We were under restrictions. People could only exercise near where they lived. So once we'd Mm -hmm. found a pedestrian route, we could only um, use the runners who lived near to that route. So there were people volunteering from Yorkshire and so on, and even from the east side of Manchester. We said, no, no, because you you can't travel that far. Of course. We had to run, uh, people could run in pairs, but no more than that. You could only run two at a time. But it it worked amazingly well. Um, A friend who has a business that he does tracking for big races and big events, he loaned us a Mm. couple of trackers. So people were able to follow the dots all through the week. Um, Oh, really? Oh, wow. Overnight, wherever the book rested. One night, um, I think it was in in the Midlands. But on the last day, I was able to drive. I was officially allowed to drive to London to see it arrive because I was working to promote the book. Of course. And I went to Bushy and I'd arranged to meet Paul Sinton Hewitt and his wife, Jo. And the plan was Mm -hmm. to hand the copy of the book to them. And I think that was possibly one of the happiest days of my life because it was the coming together of Mm. efforts by all these people who had just done this out of the goodness of their hearts to make themselves Mm -hmm. happy and we were waiting in the park um Paul had his phone out and was watching the tracker and said I think they're coming I think they're near the gates the last two runners Sophie and Chris came up the very, very long drive towards the Diana Fountain. And I could see these Mm -hmm. two figures in red getting closer. And they came up and they took, we had a customized rucksack that the book had been. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was lovely. Um, So they took the rucksack off and they put it down on the ground for Paul to pick up. And Paul said, that's the exact spot where the first park run started. He'd stood there, stood there on purpose. And it was, you know, oh, I, Oh, you're making me go all tingly. have made this happen. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, Paul's got a very good sense of humour, I learned. Um, (laughs) I was standing to, there wasn't a big crowd. You know, we weren't allowed to publicise the finish very much. There was a couple of friends of mine who come to watch, a photographer, Mm -hmm. one or two people from the local running club. And Paul just looked around and said, oh, there's 13 people here. That's the number of people who ran the first part run at Bushy. Oh, my I was standing to one side and he opened the rucksack and held this package and I'd wrapped it in loads and loads of waterproof paper. Yes. He held it up and I said, do you want a pen knife? No, no, I slapped past the parcel. So he starts taking all this packaging off and he opens the last bit of packaging and he just turned to me and he said, Eileen, you've put the wrong book in. (laughs) And for a split second, and then I went, oh, you bugger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he told the book off, you know, for the... <laughs> and I honestly think oh. that organising that was 
as great an achievement, if not greater, than the writing of the book. Writing is my craft. It's what I do all day, yes, every day. Yes, of course. And all I did was listen to people's wonderful, wonderful stories and write them down, you know. So that wasn't really hard. Um, but the achievement of getting that book where, where, the way we did it was just... Oh, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's just great. I mean, reading the book, though, myself, you must have done so much research, though. I mean, so yeah. much information and factual information and sort of stories and you say anecdotes and things yeah. like that to me I mean that in itself I mean it you I mean you it started didn't you did you you started in lockdown well, that, didn't you was it had you started it just no, before the whole point was that I'd been nagged at by various friends over the years every time I came back to Felfoot with stories from my travels oh you should write it down you should write a book and I said I've not got time and suddenly mm-hmm. you know when lockdown hit I had time and I was very, very depressed at first. You know, people are my mm-hmm. oxygen and I was starved of oxygen yes. and it was really hard. Um, mm-hmm. And I whinged and moaned, you know, everywhere until I woke up one morning. It was, I, know, I know it was the 2nd of August, uh, very early in the morning. And I was just thinking about Parkrun and how it's like a religion. Mm-hmm. And I was brought up as a Catholic. And so I started to okay. think of these analogies like, we commune together, we congregate mm-hmm. together, we share a litany and a liturgy, mm-hmm. which is the same wherever you go and it's familiar and we celebrate each other's lives and we come away feeling good about ourselves. That's church on a Sunday morning, but it's part one on a Saturday morning. Yes. So I got up really early, switched the computer on, and within an hour I had 2,000 words written and I just thought, wow, here it goes, this is going to be a book. <laughs> yes. But then yeah. I did have the time still because all my work had dried up. You know, mm-hmm. you know I, I work for mostly tourism and hospitality organisations in the lakes, so they were all mm-hmm. shut. Um, yes, everything just stopped, stopped. didn't it? So, um, <laughs> I had time to do the research, and I was very lucky. Um, mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful people who put me on to other people. Um, you know Colette Gregrave, who yes. in turn knows Rebecca Robinson, and Rebecca's a very good friend of mine, and she knows all those wonderful doctors in Sheffield who are part of the Parkland Research Group, uh, ah, advisory okay. group. So I spoke mm-hmm. to Steve Hake there at length and his mm-hmm. colleagues, and they just gave me access to so much of their um, academic work that they'd done at that Parkland, which was wonderful. And then That's every, amazing. everybody I, I asked, you know, people to tell me their stories, they just were so happy to do it, you know, there were, it was, it was something that they all wanted to be a part of. So this wonderful thing happened last Saturday, Sarah. I was mm. at Temple Newsom Park Room, because um, I'm still trying to do different ones all the time. Yeah. <laughs> my older son was with me, and it was really nice. I was glad he was there, because he actually saw this happen. And at the first time as briefing, and then they ask, you know, where's everybody from? So I had my hand mm-hmm. and I said, fell foot. And a young woman in front of me spun round and said to her friend, oh, fell foot. That's where the woman wrote the book. And then she looked at me and said, is it you? And I went, yeah, it is actually. And she said, oh. oh. And she got really emotional. And she said, oh, oh I love it so much. I've, I've read it loads of times. It's like my Bible. And she said to her friend, I can't believe it. You know, this is, this is Alien who wrote the book. And I so want to go. And the more she said, talked about it and the impact on her, we were both almost in tears. 
it was oh. so and it was so spontaneous it was so unprompted you know and, um, yes yeah synchronicity yeah, at work absolutely. i believe which is one of my favorite yeah. words i like synchronicity have you read synchro destiny by Ooh. deepak chopra oh, not yet <laughs> <laughs> there's one to add to, <laughs> add to your yeah. list but i mean the thing is you were saying about people sharing their stories with part run and wanting to be but that's the passion everybody has for it and the the beauty of it is that it is free people can walk it they can run it i mean we would there's obviously a discussion at the moment about whether dogs will continue that's another sort of issue but you know children can go and there's a there's the children's version of the park yeah. run and the community and also we haven't touched on the power of the volunteers oh, gosh, without the volunteers yeah. it doesn't happen I mean I've yeah. only volunteered myself twice but I recorded a podcast about that uh, in itself because just turning up and being part oh, yeah. of that volunteer yeah. community yeah. Is, is is actually gives you so much more even than actually taking yeah, part in the yeah, part run because yeah. you know if you're clapping go yeah yeah come on whoa as you, people are going past you're you're sending that information down to your own subconscious oh, yeah. you are you know yeah. you're, you're filling yourself full up with these really feel-good vibes as you're giving those feel-good vibes to other people and you're, and it, you're enabling you're, people to do something that's so good for them you know the, yeah exactly no, I love it. in fact um the first week we opened up um at the end of lockdown I did volunteer at Felfoot and I thought, well, I've written the whole chapter about how wonderful volunteering is, so I'd better, better go and do it. I have volunteered over a hundred times, actually. Um, yes. I'm, I'm really good at getting up early in the morning and a lot of people aren't. So I often volunteer to do course set, pre um, set up and I'm mm -hmm. also volunteer coordinator with three other girls at Felfoot. So that would be my role for the next two weeks. So, but I went down specifically... And I did as many volunteering jobs as I possibly could. You know, I set the course up and I said I, I was one of the marshals and then I was helping scan and everything else. Um, and this week, when I get back, I've been in York now, so living in York for four weeks and going to different park runs, which has been wonderful. Yay! <laughs> I back to Felfoot and my, the first time back, I'll volunteer, definitely, um, just to put something back in. But it's, you're actually getting something out. You know, people talk about putting in but it's just so rewarding to volunteer it is so oh absolutely well I, I mean I just found it magical so I've just done it I say have literally done it twice And but what I'm trying to do now is perhaps do four runs and then the fifth yeah. one will be a yeah. volunteer one and sort of work it around yeah. that way but I'd had time off a bit oh just one thing and another and trust. anyway yeah I think it's just so powerful so so amazing and I, I hadn't mentioned I was going to mention as well that I mean I went on holiday um two or three years ago and I'd deliberately booked my accommodation in South Wales yeah. <laughs> so it was close to there aren't actually many there aren't many part runs in Wales which is quite surprising but I have a good rest you went to do no I did Colby Park oh. Colby Park run which is near Amroth in South oh, Wales right. and it's a national trust um, run and you do three loops yeah. around um the around the gardens around the oh, around gorgeous. the estate um and the, in the B&B &B I was stopping in the guest house I was stopping in there were a couple who were from Mark Eaton Park Run, which is just yeah, in Derbyshire, yeah. just up the road from me. And um, they they book, they they go around the country, have weekends away, based around where a park run is oh, going yeah. to be. So, they, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's not just the park run tourism. They're going yeah, away for yeah. a weekend. That, that's the power of it, like you said, in the conversations. And that's something else that I wanted to bring up. You... Um, I saw you post on social media and I found it quite inspiring about talking to strangers oh, yeah. and yeah. the power of that, which obviously yeah. you, you can get so much of that from a park yeah. run. Yeah. And and it is, I mean, I, 
I don't know whether I actually commented on your post, but I always remember my mum saying, oh, you leave my gran at the yeah. bus stop and she'll have somebody's um, life history I, I in, in five or ten I minutes. That. That, that's me. That is, that's what I do. <laughs> I just keep asking the questions until there is a connection, you know. And, and the, 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 um, the thing that sparked that last week was a, a conversation at a bus stop here in York when my bus didn't turn up, it had been cancelled, and I was talking to these two guys waiting there who were explaining why, why it was cancelled. And, you know, I don't know how we got onto the subject, but one of them was about to sing um, This Is The Moment. She was going to play the lead in Jekyll and Hyde, the musical. And yeah. had, had played the lead in Chess, the musical, you know, two of my favourite musicals. And wow. we were just well away. Which brings me round to the next subject, that a year ago almost, on the 1st of April, I said on Twitter that, OK, the book's published now, so watch out, world, I'm going to combine my two passions for the next project, oh, look out, yes. here comes Parkrun, the musical. <laughs> Rebecca Robinson, who p picked up on this, said, this isn't a joke, is it? You're going to do this? Of course it's a joke. Ridiculous. And Rebecca <laughs> said, we're going to do it, which is why I've got to know the lovely Colette, who has oh, already recorded one of her our songs. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Written, we have a very, very short script. We need to do a lot of work on the script. We've got characters, we've got a storyline. And we have Colette, who is a minor Redgrave, of course. Um, of course. Living in a converted windmill in Portugal at the moment. Um, <laughs> is going to play our lead. So, oh, you know, brilliant. how much fun is that going to be? Oh, it's going to be awesome. So how long is the musical going to be then? Are you, doing, are you going to be putting it on at a theatre? Well... We hope so. Um, it's going to be a one-act, fairly short, snappy. Um, a very, very wonderful person called Eve Taylor, who is a partner ambassador in Cheshire and also on the, I think she's the event director at Macclesfield. And I'd met her once or twice on the touring circuit. And then when I was organising the relay, she was my right-hand woman. She just knows everybody in Portland and was able to help me recruit lots of people. And she's a mm -hmm. professional musician, so she's written and, and started playing to me on the piano some of her wonderful songs for this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, oh. if, if, if it happens. But, yeah, we've, we've got an amateur theatre company possibly interested. Um, mm -hmm. And it would be great fun to stage it at places where there are, you know, in towns and cities where there are park runs. But we'll just... Yes, I was thinking of open air. I, just, I had it come into yeah. my head. Wouldn't it be great yeah. to do open open air yeah. theatre? And oh, you could have it at the Minnock Theatre in yeah. Cornwall. That yeah. would be awesome with the sea as the backdrop and this amphitheatre. That would be just oh, amazing. Still at Bushy Park, you know, at, at oh, ten o'clock in the morning when most people have finished the run and then they can all come and walk. Oh yes, Eileen, send that out. Let's manifest that. Oh my gosh, it's that yeah. And in fact, I tell you, I've, I've got, I have another idea. You know how you did your book and you promoted it. You could, it would be, it would be sort of delivered in one part run, and then the, it would be that the, everybody would run to the next <laughs> part run, part run, and put yeah. it on there. So you've got this traveling, traveling production. Um, production. <laughs> But everybody's got to run it yeah. in between. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. I mean, gosh, you're doing so much. And, you know, this is away from what, as you said, your your core work, which is in, in PR in the Lake District. And the Lake District, for anybody who doesn't know the UK, is in the middle of the UK. And it's where it's very wet and lots of beautiful lakes. And it's just it's stunning. Absolutely stunning. That's your core business, isn't it? Yeah, sort of yeah. I work, PR I work for... Um few core businesses, I do occasional short-term contracts as well, but I work 
mostly for the Wordsworth family who own Rydal Mount, where the poet William Wordsworth lived for most of his life, which is a beautiful oh, house, wow. which just happens to be about a mile from my house. Um, so I've worked for the Wordsworths for a number of years, noting mm -hmm. what happens at the house. And I work for a, hotel, a really lovely hotel in the lakes called the Cedar Manor. If anybody wants to visit Windermere, it is the most wonderful hotel in, in the Lake District. Oh, wow. Um, I've done work over the years for um, an independent hostel at Elterwater. And I work occasionally and have done for many years for a beautiful um, art gallery and studio, the Heaton Cooper Studio in mm -hmm. Grasmere which is run by, well, it's a dynasty of, of, of artists, really, and it's the fourth generation, Becky Heaton Cooper, who is the manager of it now. Um, so I'm surrounded by beautiful things and wonderful people. So you can imagine my job oh, is you? just fabulous, you know. It doesn't sound like a job at all. It sounds like just enjoying yeah. life, to be perfectly yeah. honest. It's mostly just it, like that, honestly. Isn't it great when you, and I, this is something that I, I'm personally really passionate about, it's... Um, People, we've all got, we're all unique. We've all got our you know, unique talents and passions. It's when you align your career with what your, ta yeah. your, your talents yeah. and your passions and it, you know, work is no longer work Absolutely. because you're doing something you're yeah. passionate about and yeah. you enjoy. And like you said, you know, you, you're in a beautiful location with amazing, you know, scenery and art and creativity. And then through all of this, then you've created the, you know, you've written the book and then you've, 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 you've manifested this sort of this journey and promoting it through the most difficult time yeah. of you know lockdown yeah. but you, it's about thinking outside of that yeah. box yeah. it's going being creative it's about yeah. pivoting it's it's about doing things differently and yeah. even to what you're doing at the moment as you've said because uh, for those of you I've got a very very wide global audience I've been putting pins in a map this morning of where, where my listeners are and it's awesome I'm so thank you for everybody who listens all over the world it's just awesome but the UK is it's cold and damp and <laughs> I mean I love the changing seasons don't get me wrong but January February in the UK are tough yeah. tough months I mean I'm not saying yeah crikey first world problems Eileen yeah. eh? but you yeah. know it, it, it's it, it sometimes can just get a bit sort of you've got short days and dark nights and it's wet and it's damp and it's cold and you just go oh give me some sunshine yeah. but you've actually broken that pattern this is what I wanted to allude to is that when you get into a position of whatever it is I mean we've just been alluding to the weather and the dark yeah. nights da, 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 da. but if you get into a sort of a, a pattern you think that you're feeling sort of fed up or something it's about breaking yeah. that state it's about doing something different to change those vibes and and that's what you've done hasn't it hasn't it that's what you've done yeah. during the month of February haven't you yeah yeah very much so to come and live somewhere different different and do the same work but from a different environment and a different setting and be open to different influences and different people and um, it has been wonderful it was interesting a couple of sentences back you used the word pivot um, mm. my, my motto in life is when in doubt pivot and yes. this came from my netball teacher at school if you remember the um, game of netball where you're not yeah, yeah. to move when you've got the ball but you can spin around mm. on one foot and she used to shout, when in doubt, girls, pivot. And I could... <laughs> and I've always thought, you know, if, you, if you're stuck or you're down or you're not quite sure which way to go, just slowly turn, just pivot and see what the world looks like from the other angle. And then, funnily enough, um, a couple of nights ago, I went to see this fantastic show, The Musical of Friends. And it's a satire, hmm. it's a parody of the... Of the TV. Oh, okay. It was brilliant. It was so full of energy. 
and mm. the class were enjoying it so much and they were very, very talented. So that even if you didn't know the TV show, I mean, I got quite a few of the illusions. My, my daughter-in-law who was with me got virtually all of them. So she wastes her life far more than I do. Uh, <laughs> I've not really ever watched Friends, well, to be fair. It, so. was, it was just fabulous. They did really, really good Mickey takes of, of the main characters and the plots. Mm. But with, in themselves, they were, but one of the songs was about pivoting, you know, and, and ah. choosing to turn around and, and have a think about things while, you know, it's giving yourself a moment to stop and think without plunging in recklessly as well, I suppose, at that Absolutely. I mean, I, I pivoted massively <laughs> when lockdown hit because I've got a recruitment business and it, it is predominant. I mean, I'm a coach as yeah. well and one thing or another, but, you know, I've got a big part of my life is my recruitment business and it just went, everything yeah. stopped. It's like, oh, so I pivoted and, I, and, and, and I've got so creative and I've done so many things and there's so much stuff has come out of it because of that. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm a real great believer in sort of accepting, I mean, I've, I've coined a phrase ape ape mindset methodology methodology i should say and i, I sort of trademarked that myself last year because a is that that acceptance of what you can and you can't no, change yeah. and the p is perspective what you you know and look at like you were just talking about that pivoting and looking at yeah. things from a different angle because it's all there's always more than one way of looking yeah, at things yeah. there's, there's, there's masses of ways and then that energy you mentioned energy again it's where you then drive your energy yeah. there's no point sitting there going oh yeah. well Let's accept that you can't change that. How can you look at it differently yeah. and then channel your energy in the right direction? And that makes, I just I think it's so simple. You've just got to execute it. But yeah. it's, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's up to us. We are responsible for ourselves. Yeah. And it's what, it's what we do to change our behaviour to get different results. Yeah. How do you harness happiness in your life, Eileen? <laughs> I don't know, really. I don't know about harnessing it. I suppose I, I have got a fairly positive outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also... I'm very up and down. I can, I have tendency to very, very extreme moods. So I have experienced mm-hmm. depression, which um, a mm-hmm. lot of outgoing, extrovert seeming people have, have done. Um, mm-hmm. And in many cases, you just have to wait and let it, um, let yourself come back out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Or really, you know, use the things that, if I'm, if I need to feel happier, I go up, I've got a, a hill, a, mount, a small mountain where I live in Ambercy mm-hmm. called Loughrigg. And yeah. it's impossible to go up to the summit of Loughrigg and not feel happy. You know, once I'm up there and I get, there's a summit cairn, it's an, a, tri- a triangulation post, you know, a big post Okay, post. yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I literally hug it when I get there. And it's just mm-hmm. the most fabulous view. But even if there's no view, even if it's throwing it down with rain. So that's one of the things that I do. Running is always always mm. a great antidepressant um so that you know you set off from the house feeling a bit gloomy and within 200 meters it starts to fall away the other yes. thing i do and it's this is also very very clever i have a tub of kids bubbles by the back door and if i'm feeling really sad i'll open the door yeah. and i'll blow bubbles and you you cannot be miserable and blow bubbles at the same time you have to smile as you're doing it and and watching bubbles come out and float up the back garden so people often say oh you've had the neighbor's kids in it they left their bubbles behind and no it's not (laughs) (laughs) what i've just really liked about the analogies and how you've just portrayed that is that you recognize when you, you 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 drop and i think you know 
we've all got we, we've all got our, our emotion we're emotional yeah, beings yeah. aren't we and you know it's but it's it's that ability to recognize when you're down but when you know that you can as you said you let it ride through and you can let it come out but then you've got tools and techniques and things that you can do and that you've recognized that you can then put into place and I think that's really key that you you have got an understanding and an ability to change your behavior to bring about the sort of the return of a of a higher vibrational frequency because I know when I, if I you know I feel very fortunate because I've got this sort of energy and I'm upbeat most of the time but when I do have this sort of a moment where it, everything sort of goes dump yeah. it's it's kind of like it goes dump and I go down straight away but I know that I just have to I I, I always say I allow myself to wallow in it and yeah. I just think yeah you know, I'm just going to yeah. allow myself and it's usually like a, like a 24 48 hour thing and it doesn't happen that often but I've recognized that as a trait and I yeah I don't worry about mm-hmm. it I just allow it as you said to run its course and then you've got the things that you do I mean I know I can I recognize the energy coming back up and I know I'll give myself a kick up the backside and get things going again mm-hmm. um and like you've said, go out and run. You've that that gets the adrenaline going and you, the feel good factor. I mean, I'm just looking outside as we're talking right now, and the beauty of nature can't. But you know, it's just like oh my gosh, and getting excited. And you're going up to that mount. It's like yeah, you've got that place you can go yeah. to. So it's having those things that you can turn to that then you know you've previously anchored that reignite that good yeah. feeling because it brings it all back and there are things that you can do with NLP that you can just do that in a sort of an instant yeah. that you you know right I'm going to go and press that bit on the wall and it remind me of that song that I want to sing and yeah. go yay yeah. <laughs> yes I think yeah music also is very important in that respect you mm. suddenly hear a piece of music you've not heard for a long time and it can have an instant uplift I think um, I mentioned before about one of the happiest days of my life being at the end mm-hmm. of the relay. I think the happiest moment of my entire life was when my youngest son, he'd been at um, Musical Theatre College in London. He was at Arts Ed and he was coming to the end of his final year and was auditioning. And he called me one night, he rang me and he said, Mum, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I said, oh, give me the bad news first. And he said, <laughs> I didn't get Shrek I didn't get the tour of Shrek, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry, darling. What's the good news? I've got Les Mis. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, moment, my gosh. And this was all his life. My Both my boys got into amateur musical theatre very young, not through me, through peer, you know, the guys they met. And they were on stage from a very young age. And from the age of six... David didn't just want to be on the West End stage, he wanted to be on the West End stage in Les Mis. And so, oh, you know, wow. he got this part and he played it for a year. He was on stage as swing in the show for a year in the West End. And that oh, moment, um, this surge of happiness for somebody yeah. else, but it's reflected, yes. you know, I, lit- I physically felt it for him. Um, there were other moments. I just remember once walking down a mountain in the lakes. It was steel fell and it was quite a gloomy day. And um, mm. the boy's dad, he'd run on ahead to get the, to bring the car because it was raining so much. And they were both holding my hand. They were probably about nine and 11 or something at that stage. And I just thought at that moment, I don't think I could possibly be happier oh, than I am now. That's so so never to do with possessions or, no. you know material achievement it's that sensation i can have i got time to tell you a wonderful story that will make you happy 
Yes, in fact, I think we should finish on that okay. wonderful story. And you've actually, just as a side before you go on to that, you've triggered a memory of mine with when I was with my son running through a field of waist-high buttercups. Oh. And he was about three or yeah. four. And it was just stunning and it is it's all about it's emotions and uh, you know energy and vibes it's not about your biggest bank account it's not it really isn't it isn't but yeah David the, the my son who went he played in Les Mis for 12 months and at the end mm. of it um you know he'd been on stage for there were eight shows a week and um he was worn out so he went off traveling and he went to South America and mm-hmm. being a boy, he didn't get in touch with his mum very often. You know, the occasional text <laughs> message once every couple of weeks. And one day he called me. He actually rang me from Peru. Oh, and wow. he said, mum, guess what? And he'd had a phone call from his friend, Lewis, who mm. um, they'd shared a room together when they were studying at, at Artsed. And Lewis was touring in the musical Sister Act. And oh, was um, in Wales and had broken down in his car in Swansea. And the local garage came out to rescue him. And he said they were really nice. And they said, oh, we'll get you back on the road. Don't you worry. And this young man said to him, what are you doing in these parts? And Louis said, oh, well, I'm in a show. And he said, oh, what part are you playing? And he said, well, I'm not um, one particular part. I'm what's called swing. And before he could explain any further, the garage mechanic said, Oh, that's really difficult, isn't it? Because you never know from one night to the next what you're going on as. And you've got to learn everybody else's part so that you can just slot in. And Louis Mm. said, how do you know what a swing does in a musical? And the garage mechanic said, last year, my mum and dad went to London to see Les Mis. And they sat next to a woman in the audience whose son was the swing in the show. No! Oh, my God! (laughs) (laughs) And I think that is the best small world story ever. Whoa. Oh, you've made me go all tingly again. He was telling me this from Peru. And he'd been called from Wales. to. And it was, I just thought the world is a small place full of lovely people. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And I just love stories of synchronicity and how things sort of click together. And I love, I love seeing how it, how that happens and how, you know, the part you play. I mean, and I have to say just as a a quick side note is that, you know, in, in, in my in my world in recruitment I've always been really mindful of that part that I play in people's lives yeah, and how I could yeah. you know you've got you know it's not about forcing people into jobs for money that's why I've never been the, the most wealthiest <laughs> of recruiters but I, I'm about sort of listening and taking yeah. care and making sure people go into the right place in the right slots but yeah and it's it is and that whole synchronicity of stuff and the conversations that when we started to talk about meeting strangers well, and things right. like that. You and, see, I, I had been, I remembered being in the theatre because I, I saw the show yeah. 11 times while he was <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag proud yeah. mum. <laughs> and if I was in the theatre on my own, I would, t- in the interval, I'd t- turn to the people next to me and i said, that's my boy, that's my boy. And I do remember this couple because they had another, they said to me, oh, we've got a famous son and he plays midfield for Swansea City. I can't remember his name now, but my oldest son, who's into football, knew the moment I came out of the theatre and I met yeah, him. So I remembered the conversation with them. So that's why you must talk to strangers. You absolutely must. Absolutely. And it is, it's founding that point it's of rapport. Well. And that's what I... Yeah, I used to do in recruitment, I would always try and work, find something, find that connection. So you you build that trust in a natural, nice way, not in a sort of narcissistic way or anything like that. But it's about that sort of 
bringing the best out of people and I you know it's it's a natural I was doing it naturally when I actually trained as a coach I discovered it was it's called rapport building it's like oh I didn't know that (laughs) but it is the beauty of that and finding that connection having that conversation with somebody and it can it unravels all sorts of incredible conversations and connections and things that can like you say take you to a conversation a phone call from Peru from somebody that your son that normally texts you once in a blue moon you go hey mum guess what (laughs) brilliant oh Eileen thank you so much for your your time and sharing all your stories about park run and musicals and you know and of everything and yeah, the, your, you know part of your life etc so how do people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you for your book your musical your your PR in the Lake District how, how do they find okay, well, you? Well I'm, I'm on Twitter as um, Cumbria PR all one word um, so that and I'm, I'm there a lot because I, I work I, I, I use social media a lot for work so Cumbria PR um, they find me there if they want to know more about the book and about the relay and also the way that a copy of the book is, is wandering around the country on its own at the moment being oh, right. um, <laughs> go to the uh, website of Gritstone Publishing um, they are the people who publish my book so Gritstone Publishing um, have got a blog where I, the story of the relay is written but also you can buy the book online through Gritstone you can get it on Amazon as well but if you buy it through Gritstone, you'll get a signed copy. Thank you so much, Eileen. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with myself and Eileen. Um, I certainly have. It's been marvellous. Um, I just love talking to my guest. And I, <laughs> it's great to have a chance to speak to Eileen again. Um, so, yeah, if you've enjoyed it, please do rate, review, uh, follow, subscribe, whatever you do on your platform. Thank you, Eileen, once more. And this is me, me, Sarah, Jane Hayler at Harnessing Happiness saying goodbye. And until next time, take care and look after yourselves. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah Jane Hayler. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.